Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. I want to share with you um, a little bit about uh, persevering. Persevering. Uh, we don't uh, <clears throat> we don't hear too much about it nowadays, um, but what does it mean to really persevere in my church? You know, we we often hear, well, you know, this particular store has a special on, uh, and if you go and they, it doesn't suit you, then you go somewhere else, um, and that begins to to infiltrate our mentality. So, how do we persevere in our church uh, and as men and women? Of God. Um, you, you know that when you plant uh, selfish seeds, then uh, you will basically re- reap misery. But if you plant and sow seeds of the Spirit, then you can um, uh, experience this beautiful bumper crop of blessings. And in October 1941, Uh, The place was Harrow School in northwest London. Hitler had conquered Europe and was about to attack Britain. He had Britain in his sights, and uh, there was this constant uh, bombing of London. And uh, Prime Minister Winston Churchill stood up, and he was a man of very few words. And uh, he stood up, and uh, went and spoke in the front. This particular uh, instance, he, because uh, this school that he spoke at was his alma mater, where he'd studied as well. And he came back and he said the following words, and I think they're up on the screen for you as well. He said, Never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in. Never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And people say that that's when he stepped down. But he he carried on and he said something a little bit more profound. He said, these are not dark days. These are great days. The greatest days our country has ever lived And we must all thank God that we have been allowed, each of us, according to our stations, to play a part in making these days memorable in the history of our race. Now, I'm not sure if uh, Winston Churchill got his words uh, from the Apostle Paul, because Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 to 10, and he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of God. And so, folk, there is, uh, there is amazing outcomes when we persist. And there's a lot of value in our persistence because Paul writes to us and he says, when we persist, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. 
You know, we all know uh, the story of the frog uh, in the pot on the stove. You know, as you turn, I'm glad the kids have gone out. Um, as you put that frog in the pot of water, as you turn the heat up, so the frog can be, adapt itself and eventually boil to death. But that's one story. I want to tell you or read you a poem about two frogs. Two frogs fell in a can of cream, or so I've heard it told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use, said frog number one. It's fate. There's no help around. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, cruel world. And weeping still, he drowned. But frog number two was of sterner stuff. He dog paddled in surprise, and kicking, he wiped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. I'll swim a while at least, he said, or so it has been said. It really wouldn't help the world if one more frog were dead. An hour or two, he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter, but he kicked and he swam, and he swam and he kicked till he could hop out on the top of the butter. Simple lesson here about a little frog that persevered, that didn't give up. And I want to share three truths with you from this passage. Number one, I think from verse 10 we read that we need to be doing good every time. Doing good every time. In verse 10, Paul writes and he says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And the word opportunity is, is a lovely Greek word. It's the word kairos. Now, there are two words for time. The one is chronos, where we get the English word chronology. Time moves on chronologically. But that's not the word Paul uses here. He uses the word kairos. Let us take every moment, every occasion, every season, because this is God's proper time to do good, he's saying. But then, folks, there are also two words for good. The one is kalos, which means something that is aesthetically attractive. That's not the word Paul uses. He uses the word agathos, which means spiritual good. So what he's saying is, take every moment that God brings across your path and add value to somebody else's life. Add spiritual value to somebody else's life. You know, we're not saved by works. We know that. But when the Spirit of God comes within, then we are led out to do works. Because Paul, uh, James wrote, he said, faith without works is dead. And so you can, you can tell people about Jesus all day long, but if it's not evident in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and it's not evidenced in how we serve Him and do good for one another, then it's actually, we are fake and we are pseudo. And so Paul is actually saying to us here, listen, make sure that you do your best to add value to other people's lives. And Ephesians 2 says, he says it this way, we are God's workmanship. We're a beautiful uh, word there, pima, where we get the English word poem. We are God's creatures. He uh, has uh, made us for good works. So when we are His, it goes without saying that we overflow, because the reason for the filling is the overflowing. 
And so when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we take every opportunity to do good and serve one another. You say to me, well, how can I do that? Well, friends, volunteering, simply volunteering uh, in a ministry or in a non-profit organization, uh, doing good to others. Uh, you know, if you're standing in, in, in the store and you can actually, you see somebody struggling, help them along. You can um, hold the door for somebody. You can bake cookies and bring them to my home. No, you could, you know, but by baking cookies and, and you know, giving them to the neighbor, but, but by just doing something, doing good, adding value to somebody else's life, by going to visit somebody in a nursing home, by bringing some life to somebody else. And Paul is saying here, listen, do good all the time. When God opens that opportunity for you, step through it and do good because that's what we are created to do, to do good to those we come into contact with. Matthew 5, 16, you know the verse so well. Let your light shine before humans or before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Because when somebody says, why did you do that? You can say, because I love Jesus. And so we're to take every opportunity to do good. That's what Paul is saying in verse 10. Secondly, he says in verse 9, be careful you do not faint. Be careful you do not faint. He writes here, uh, let us not become weary in doing good. And the word that he uses there is the word spiritless. Let's not become exhausted and wearied out and wanting to faint. Now, folks, yes, we, there are VDPs, very draining people, uh, in our lives. Uh, you know, I'm not going to point... No, listen. <laughs> there are very draining people that we come into contact with, but we are still supposed to be doing good. And he's saying... Don't grow faint as you do that. Don't become weak. You know, we all have read books on, on psychological uh, exhaustion, you know, especially uh, from those in the medical fraternity, um, that people can easily become fatigued. But folk, we, we are there to serve one another in the kingdom of God. And we can actually um, suffer from service burnout or emotional burnout. But here Paul is saying, listen, don't grow tired or weary or spiritless or lose courage from doing good all the time. In fact, in Hebrews 12.3, uh, he says, consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so it doesn't say Jesus enjoyed opposition. He never ever said that. But in the midst of it, Listen, try and endure, he's saying. Because that word that he uses for endure, ipomeno, means to persevere, to stay under. Ipo, under, meno, to remain. You've heard me give you the illustration of me not going to the gym, but assuming I went to the gym and the instructor said, listen, take uh, 40 kilograms, 20 on either side, and stay under them. On the Monday, it's quite heavy, but by that Friday, I've remained under Ipomeno, and I've persevered, and by that Friday, I'm able to pick up 40 kilograms. Saturday, 50 kilograms. And for another week, 
I hold on to those 50 as I remain under. You see, it is those 40 that I endured under that prepared me to make me stronger for the 50. And I don't go back for the 60, clearly. No. <laughs> you know, but as you remain under and you endure, Paul is saying, so you become stronger. Jesus, in Luke chapter 8, was walking, and he felt uh, this woman who had had a blood disorder uh, touch him. And he said uh, he felt something leave his body. Jesus said, I felt healing power flow from my body. And that word power, zinami, he, I felt something leave my body. And this was a simple opportunity for her to confess her, sin, her, her sins and actually say, it was me, Master. It was me. And so uh, as we carry on doing that, it will make us tired and weary. You know, the, doing miracles uh, and, and performing those miracles might have drained Jesus. But he didn't faint. He, he endured to the very end. Despite him draining him, he still did good. And folk, we are called to do the same. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. Even if you do grow tired and weary, listen, endure, persevere, stay under because it's making you stronger. And I don't know why these things happen, but I know that, some, that God has got something better as I endure, as I serve. Even those VDPs that need to be served, I will endure because God is busy doing something. And so I need to persevere. So number one, do good every time. Number two, do not be faint. Number three, persistence is the key to reaping forever. Persistence is the key to reaping forever. In verse 8, we read, At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know the saying, you hear it a lot in sport, quitters never win and winners never quit. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. And so, you know, when we persevere, it doesn't mean we will always win. We will always, it does not mean that at all. But as we persevere, as we hang in there, as we ipomeno stay under that difficulty and, and do good despite that situation, we are able to reap, he says, a good Harvest and a harvest that will be forever because the word he uses there is eonios forever for eternity. And I don't get that concept, but despite me not getting it, I think, Oh Lord, you know what? What can I benefit out of serving somebody? God is saying, Listen, there are eternal blessings that come. From that, And so I want to share with you in closing uh, just a couple of points on where we need to be persevering in three areas. Number one, uh, don't quit when you're praying. Don't quit when you're praying. Luke chapter 11, uh, this amazing parable about prayer. And uh, it's about this man who, who had some guests come to his house in the middle of the night. Uh, and those years... Uh, in the Palestinian culture, if somebody came to your house, no matter what time they came, you always had to feed them. Even if they didn't want, you always had to feed them. And so you give them that opportunity to eat. And so 
here uh, this man has these visitors come in the middle of the night, and he's got no bread, and he goes to his neighbor. That parable tells us in Luke chapter 11. And he knocks on his neighbor's door. And his neighbor looks out and says, Mate, go away, because it's in the middle of the night. I want to sleep, me and my family. And Jesus tells the parable that this man could have left and walked out without bread. But he carried on persevering. He knocked and he knocked and he knocked until the man got out of bed, gave him three loaves of bread. I can imagine how he got them. You want some bread? Take them. You know, and and, uh, you know, go and feed your guests. Go on a one-way ticket. Don't come back. You know, and go. And so the, the, the point that Jesus wants to make here is that we need to persevere. Don't be shameless in coming before God. Persevere. Uh, you know, there needs to be that persistence. Uh, the word that he uses here in ele- chapter 11, verse 8 in Luke, um, are, you know, yet because of his shameless persistence, that word is only used once in the whole New Testament, which actually means, you know, he didn't abandon what he wanted to do. If God has laid something on your heart, don't abandon it. Persevere. Persevere because he will allow it to come to fruition. And the only one who loses out on a blessing is us if we give up. And so let's continue to do good and let's continue to pray. Uh, we, we read uh, in, the, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And folks, it's almost as if, you know, uh, ask... Until you get an answer. Seek until you find. Not this kind of boy's look. Seek, ziteo, until you find what you're looking for. Until you find what you're looking for. I read this acronym recently, P-U-S-H, push. Pray until something happens. We need to push through. We need to push through difficult times. We need to push through. Because God wants us to persevere because something good is about to happen. I don't know what it is, but something good is about to happen. Whatever it is that we need to persevere through. Secondly, we mustn't quit uh, when we encounter difficulties. We must have a little bit of that bulldog tenacity. Never, never, never give up, Churchill said. And, you know, in another speech he said, success is the ability to go from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. And, folk, we know that life is full of failures. Life is full of failures. But we must persevere. In 1988, in the Summer Olympics in Mexico, there was this um, uh, Tanzanian runner by the name of uh, John Stephen Aquari. And... Uh, while he was running his marathon, he fell and hurt his hip and cut his leg open. And he came in two hours after the first person. Two hours after the first person. And friends, when he, uh, he finished two hours later, they cheered him on because of his perseverance, because of his tenacity. He didn't give up. And they said to him, why did you not give up? And I quote, and he said, My country didn't send me 5,000 miles to start the marathon. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the marathon. And it is. Life on this earth is a marathon. 
There's no promise of, you know, a bed of roses. But God will allow us to pull through. I'm reminded of Romans 8.31. What then shall we say in response to this? And talking about this obstacle of this difficulty. If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, me and God are in the majority. You and God are in the majority. If someone gets in the way and tries to trip you up with the wrong reasons, we need to persevere because God is doing something. And then finally, don't quit when you're involved in a great cause. Remember, God led Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And the people from the inside opposed him. And they said, oh, if a fox walks on this wall, it's going to fall over. But he persevered. He persevered. They said to him, listen, if you uh, even, uh, when you go to sleep, we're going to go and destroy the wall. When you go away, we're going to attack your, your workers. And he said, I'll give them swords. I'll give them swords. And he was able to persevere because of who he is. And so don't get distracted. Persevere to the very, very end. See, a good deed brightens a dark world. A good deed brightens a dark world. Let me end off by reading your story. Ruth went to her mailbox and there was only one letter. She picked it up and looked at it before opening, but when she looked at the envelope again, there was no stamp, no postmark, only her name and address. She read the letter. Dear Ruth, I'm going to be in your neighborhood Saturday afternoon, and I'd like to stop by for a visit. Love always, Jesus. Her hands were shaking as she placed the letter on the table. Why would the Lord want to visit me? I'm nobody special. I don't have anything to offer. With that thought, Ruth remembered her empty kitchen cabinets. Oh my goodness, I really don't have anything to offer. I have, I'll have to run down to the shop and buy something for dinner. She reached for her purse and counted out its contents, $5.40. Well, I can get some bread and cold meats at least. She threw on her coat and hurried out the door. She bought a loaf of French bread, half a pound of sliced chicken, and a carton of milk, leaving Ruth with a grand total of 11 cents to her last until Monday. Nonetheless, she felt good as she headed home, her meager offerings tucked under her arm. Hey, lady, can you help us? Please help us, lady. Ruth had been so absorbed absorbed in her dinner plans, she hadn't even noticed two figures huddled in the alleyway. A man and a woman, both of them dressed in little more than rags. Look, lady, I ain't got a, a job, you know, and my wife and I have... Uh, been living out here in the street. And well, now it's getting cold and we've uh, very little uh, to eat. And could you help us? Lady, we'd really appreciate it. Ruth looked at them both. They were dirty. They smelled bad. And frankly, she was certain that they could get some kind of work if they really wanted to. Sir, I'd like to help you, but I'm a poor woman myself. All I have is a few cold meats or cold cuts and some bread. And I'm having an important guest for dinner tonight, and I was planning to serving 
that, or in planning serving that to him. Yeah, well, okay, lady, I understand. Thanks anyway. The man put his arm around his woman's shoulders, turned and headed back into the alley. As she watched them leave, Ruth felt a familiar twinge in her heart. Sir, wait. The couple stopped and turned as she ran down the alley after them. Look, why don't you take this food? I'll figure out something else to serve my guest. She handed the man her grocery bag. Thank you, lady. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. It was the man's wife and Ruth who could see now that she was cold. You know, I've got another coat at home. Here, why don't you take this one? Ruth unbuttoned her jacket and slipped it over the woman's shoulders. Then smiling, she turned and walked back to the street. Without a coat and with nothing to serve her guest, thank you, lady. Thank you very much. Ruth was chilled by the time she reached her front door and worried too. The Lord was coming to visit and she didn't have anything to offer him. She fumbled through the, her purse for the door key. But as she did, she noticed another envelope in her mailbox. That's odd. The mailman doesn't usually come twice in one day. She took the envelope out of the box and opened it. Dear Ruth, it was good to see you again. Thank you for the lovely meal, and thank you too for the beautiful coat. Love always, Jesus. The air was still cold, but even without a coat, Ruth no longer noticed. Let's persevere in doing good, because we never know who we're doing good to. That same passage in the message says it this way. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. There's a story about Mother Teresa. You know the story well that she received the Nobel Peace Prize. And she served and served and served and served the poor of India. And she didn't stop serving. She persevered through difficult times. And when she was invited to uh, get more prizes after the prize she won, the Nobel Peace Prize, the truth is that she never went and got another prize after that because she realized that God had not sent her to this earth to receive prizes, but he sent her to this earth to serve the poor. So let us not stop doing good because if we can add a little bit of brightness in this dark world, we can make a difference. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that the truth is we do go, grow tired and weary. But Lord, you sent your son, Father, you sent your son Jesus and gave us such a good example on how to persevere. So help us to do this, Lord. Help us to persevere for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.